talking old timey. Ah, I got a Frankenstein at my show. But so do I. <laughs> Mine's got a flat head, fella. How about yours? <laughs> <laughs> I got a pee. Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different show, watch just its first televised episode, and discuss it, ignoring anything we might know about future episodes. This week we're going to be talking about The Addams Family. The Addams Family went 64 episodes over two seasons on CBS. Today we're going to be talking about The Addams Family Goes to School, which originally aired September 18th, 1964. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys... Nick, Joe, Gordo, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? Heyo. Yo. Hello. Good luck, Charlie. This is two weeks in a row where we got old-timey voice, and I'm really excited. <laughs> hey, take the mask off there, fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so, in reference to uh, two weeks ago, we did uh, The Munsters, so check that out if you haven't already. And, you know, to get into it, this is 1964, September, and when we did The Munsters, those two shows both, uh, like, they were like a week or two apart, the intro date for the, the pilot episode so really interesting that two networks had shows that were about like spooky families that that, that were that that close deja vu it is strange mm. like you wonder like who had the first had the idea first and then like who jumped ship to the other company it was like we need one of these as well yeah like did it come out in variety like cbs makes show about monsters and they were like we can't let cbs yeah. beat us to the punch we need our own monster show so uh yeah the adams family we're talking about the original show from 1964. The Addams Family, obviously, over the years, has had different incarnations. Um, to this day, there's still Addams Family stuff going on. But as far as this specific show goes, the original show, has anyone not seen it up until now? Me. Me. Really? Or not. Yeah. Really? I mean, okay. I knew what it is. I knew what this it was, was rather. on Nick at, Nick at Night. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure I ever really sat down. That was my exposure to these old shows was always Nick at Night. Yeah. It was never on the... It had to be on something, though, because I don't know where I would have seen it otherwise. Yeah, I know I've definitely watched it uh, in the past because everything was familiar. The But yeah, I Maybe when TV you, Land like, first started and TV Land was like actually a repository for old TV shows and not like hot in Cleveland or whatever yeah. the fuck they do now. We should actually do some of those shows. Yeah, at some point we're going to have to look through uh, the shows that they their original programming and, and do something. I mean, obviously, I just said it. So let's do hot in Cleveland. That'll be a fun. Yeah, one, we'll, I think. we'll we'll get that in there. But yeah, interesting. We can do a Cleveland I, I block. We'll do uh, Drew Carey show and hot in Cleveland. It's a two week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll find another couple shows that are difficult to find on any streaming service too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Adams family. As far as I, I said it before, there's a ton of other incarnations. So even if you hadn't seen this specific run, the original run, you're familiar with the Adams family. What would you guys say? Is what you know them best from. It, it, it has to be the, the 90s movies. Yeah, the 90s movies yeah, oh, we yeah. grew up with that and Family Values. Yeah, Adam's Family Values is one of the greatest movies of all time. I have, so I, I have a story about that. We rented a cabin. My family rented a cabin in Maine. And it had a TV in there. And it had no cable. And it didn't have rabbit ears or anything. All it had was a VCR. And none of our parents thought to take vhs's with them so we opened up the drawer and there was one copy of adam's family values for the entire week that video played on loop for that whole vacation so <laughs> that sounds amazing yeah it was just, just because that was your only thing to watch didn't mean you had to just consistently watch it 
(laughs) Well, you figure I was probably 14, maybe 12. So my brother and sister were like six, five. And then we had my two younger cousins. So you can't have little kids not have some kind of You need like, yeah, some background noise. So it it was just constantly on loop. But (laughs) yeah, I remember that. Pulling that out and just being like, Adam's family values. Like, what? See, kids back in the day, cell phones weren't a a thing with with internet and smartphones and videos. At the end of that, Gordo, did you memorize all the lyrics to the Adam's family rap at the end of the movie? Do what they wanted to say what they wanted to say. Whoop, the Adam's family. Yard by MC Hammer, and I love that (laughs) song. So depressingly bad. No, it's awesome. So for me, um, those 90s 90s movies, Wednesday Adam's, Christina Ricci was my very first like celebrity crush. Probably my first crush. Period. It was just better than I don't know. It was, it was her as <laughs> Wednesday Adams. So I I don't know what that says about me then. W- what that says about me now. But that was it. Wednesday Adams was the first time I was like, ooh, I like girls. <laughs> was it a shock when you finally saw girls were in color? Uh, well, no, nineties uh, version. Nineties. Oh, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right, my bad. Christina Ricci would be pretty old if she was in that original show. I was just talking about this recently. <laughs> Christina Ricci and Black Snake Moan. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, you see her titties. Ferg <laughs> oh, <God>. is <laughs> <laughs> like a walking. What's that website? Mister Skin. Yeah, <laughs> like a walking Mister Skin. You see titties. You know oh yeah, it's thirty-two minutes and fifteen scene. seconds. Also, can we isolate that? I want that as my new text ringtone, so it goes off in the middle of a work call. <laughs> yes. You see titties. All right, so let's actually talk about the the 60s Adams Family now, so uh, we'll get straight into that episode. Uh, it starts with the intro right away. The song is super catchy. It's the, it's the song that you would still know today. If you hadn't watched the original show, but you know the Adams Family, it's the typical... It's... It's that song all, uh, with, with the lyrics, and you're just kind of seeing the whole family sitting together, like they're posing for a portrait or something, but they are snapping to the theme. But other than that, they're just standing still the entire time, and it was, it was a little awkward, but I still really liked it. Also, the lyrics seemed weird without mentions of uh, Batmo- Batman, and uh, like, what was the song you used to always get sung when we were kids? Was it It All Really Started When Uncle Fester Farted? Was that the one? What? Oh. <laughs> yeah, hard R, you can't say. I thought there was a Batman <laughs> rhyme in there somewhere, too. You're thinking of Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin <laughs> Laid an Egg. Jingle Bells and the Adams Family <laughs> One thing I also did want to note about the, the intro is <laughs> only two actors were credited. Only um, Gomez and Morticia were the only two that like the actors were credited in the intro, which I thought was really strange. You know what's weird, too? I, I went back and looked... I mean, I expected them all to be dead, but Gomez and Wednesday are the only living ones. Gomez? Yeah, really? Gomez. Like Gomez is, too. yeah, he's, he's still alive. Uh, he's, Wednesday he's... is. Pugsley died young. Uh, the others were pretty old anyways, but um, Morticia died at like 50-something. Yo, our, oh. our uh, Gomez did die. What if he like stole his youth? Rule Julia. <laughs> so Ralph's cancer yeah. was caused. R.I.P. <laughs> That's a rough one. Uh, that is that is an R.I.P. though. Raul Julia was great, and I feel like he was the only good part of that Street Fighter movie. He played M. Bison. Oh, you feel of so course. bad that it's dedicated to him at the end too. <laughs> and he played Fingal at Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. I think if he didn't die, that series probably would have got four or five more movies. Probably. Oh yeah, and they would have been way better than the third Adams Family movie, which we were talking about earlier, the direct-to-video one with Tim Curry. And I love Tim Curry, but that movie was bad. I think that was just because it was a made-for-TV movie. It didn't get the love it deserved. Like, well, I think it just wasn't dark, right? Those movies when we were kids are dark. 
Like that whole Adam's Family Values is about like they collect serial killer trading cards and they're Yeah. Joan Cusack is trying to murder Christopher Lloyd the whole time. That's the thing that's not what the original series was like. Um, yeah. You know. So let's talk about the original series yeah. <laughs> before we spend an entire podcast talking about the nineties movies. So to start the actual first scene, we, we have the mailman, he just goes to put some mail in the mailbox, but as he's looking away, a hand pops out of, and uh, grabs the mail from him, and he doesn't see it, but he's like just spooked by the idea that like, the letters disappeared from his hand, but he, he doesn't know what happened. Um, so right off the bat, we're getting a little bit of a vibe that things are strange here, right? That there's like, I don't know if it's supernatural is the word, but... Slightly amiss. Yeah. Left of center. I don't know, a hand that doesn't have a body is pretty supernatural, I'd say. Well, yeah, well, I, don't, I guess I didn't I didn't pay enough attention to think, like, could there be a body behind it, and it's just a hand reaching out, like... Yeah. You don't know if it's just a hand or not at this point, I guess. So I'd have to, like, I don't remember it vividly enough at this point to say one way or the other. Now, does the hand have feelings? Not to go back into the movies, but isn't there a scene in Adam's Family Values where she kisses Thing's finger she and sucks kind on of his does, finger. does the blowjob thing, and then he like gets erect and runs away. Now, what was getting yeah. erect at that point? Is it one of his fingers? I'm very confused about how Thing. All works. the blood rushes to one finger. I guess. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Say, I do not dislike this show, but I would much rather spend two hours talking about Adam's Family Values. <laughs> Me yeah. too. If we ever spin off the movies, then next. Halloween season, uh, we'll get into it. And also, I, I didn't mention that at the top of the episode, because it's October when this uh, episode originally comes out, for the entire month of October, we're doing four shows that are all Halloween-ish themed. Ooh. So, so far, we've done The Monsters, and then Ghosted last week, now The Addams Family, and then one more next week, and I won't tell you what that is, but you'll find out in a few days on our social media at S1E1Pod on um, Instagram, so look out for that. Punky Brewster. I just want to point out that this show's <laughs> laugh track is ridiculous. And it's definitely a laugh track because it goes off on their outside and stuff, too. Yeah. It's like they laugh oh, at they could every put that in. little thing. I mean, outside could have been a set, too, though. That's no, true. this is very clearly actually outside. Uh, I mean, it could be like a, like, a, like a studio, but... Yeah, it's probably a back lot. Yeah. They either had really easy sense of humors back then, or they were, like, slow. The like, world... They laughed at In everything. fairness, the world was very different in the That's 60s true. versus now, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, another man walks by the house. He discovers that sign out front that says, beware of the thing. And uh, he runs into the mailman and tries to, like, confirm that this is where the Adams family lives. And he's, like, a truant officer and that the two kids that live there, uh, like, have never stepped foot in the school. And then uh, for those of you who don't know, the truant officer is someone who investigates, like, the sort of thing specifically, like, uh, matters with, like, schools, children's attendance at school unscheduled absence this is the mailman's the guy too who goes good luck charlie yes <laughs> uh also like even if you're the truant officer why is that the mailman's business to tell him that like these kids don't go to school every day like he's like unloading a lot on them yeah these That's little it. goddamn bastards don't they're, show up at school they're, they're every two day. public servants all right they're they're bonding i guess that's true yeah well, you know what they say when you take your driver's license exam, if a fire truck, an ambulance, and a truant officer's car show up at a four-way intersection, you let the truant officer go first because he's the most important. So yeah, so now the, the truant that officer- That question is also true or false. Good to know if I ever have to- Can take we mute my Joe by any chance? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> like, You're probably it? studying for your license at this point, aren't you? I am. I have to drive now. <laughs> I, ju- I just put two and two together. I can't drive at 35. I'm like, oh, cool, baby. Joe. I remember taking that test 20 years ago. <laughs> I've just uh, always, I'm like a, a Southern Belle. I've always depended on the kindness of uh, strange men to drive me around. Are the, the tests still online years. or did they go back to normal? 
I think everything's still online. I'm just like studying for it right now. I was gonna say just cheat. Yeah, I was gonna do you say still have to get cheat. a permit? Uh, I think you have to get a permit to practice. Yeah, you do. Like to actually be behind the wheel of a car. You don't need it for X amount of time to go get your license. No, I think you because I'm 35. I think you can just show up and be like, uh, "I'm an idiot. Can I get one?" And they're like, "Okay, old man, go for it." But <sighs> I would love to be the inside that car when you take. You that live test. in Maine. You, you don't come? need a license. Yeah. Just drive a pickup truck. I would like to take note that before we started recording, everyone here is like, this is going to be a pretty quick episode. And no, it is not. <laughs> because we are talking about everything but the Adams family. We are tangent heavy. That's how we've always been. This is how we'll always be. So anyways, the truant officer tries to get through the gate and the gate opens up on its own and uh, subsequently shuts and locks itself like as he's passing through. And I'm like pretty hard uh, when he gets to the door. He tries to pull the knob and it like just like pulls all the way far out and it kind of it like makes this like foghorn sound. But unfortunately, it didn't shoot a staple into uh, Daniel yeah. Stern's crotch like I assumed it would when he yeah. pulled the whole thing out. <laughs> Harry! I thought that gag was like the weird one. Like the, the doorknob one I thought was kind of awkward more so than like all the other ones kind of made sense to me. Even the hand, but like the doorknob one to me was a little. I didn't get it. Like, was that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> like is that how you make that like foghorn go off or like whatever that's a, whatever that sound actually is but also everything's creepy like you know yeah. like a ship's horn <laughs> yeah. it's not creepy <laughs> yeah we'll get into it when we get into the house but yeah the house doesn't seem as weird well no but even if you i mean we'll get into that in a second actually so let, let's get him in the house and then we'll go over it then. All right. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, the doorbell or whatever that was goes off and then a young girl opens the door and that's when we meet uh, Wednesday Adams. And he asks her if, her if her parents are home and she's like, yeah, they're always home. And then he asks if he can come in and then uh, she walks him in and as we're going through the living room, we see like all this stuff. And, and, it, and now, Gordo, to get back into what you were saying a minute ago, to go back to the intro of the song, it's their house is a museum. Like, that's what they say right in the intro of the song. People that, see and people come to see him. Yeah. So they're never really, like, it's announced in the intro that they have, like, a museum-like house more so than, like, a haunted house. Well, I think it, this the house was designed after Charles Adams' house or something like that. What the I forget. The creator, the writer. I've, um, I read something about it. I forget exactly what it was. I think he was the proprietor of the Foghorn Museum, which is why the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but still, like, you know, they had, like, terracotta warriors, and they had, you know, like, bears on the wall and, and stuff like that. Not exactly spooky, right? Right. Like, nothing about that, like, in, in the reaction, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but, like, this guy, the truant officer's reaction Ooh. is just, like, so <laughs> over the top that it's right. like, He's oh, my God, here's out. a turtle, and... A samurai. Well, it's yeah, definitely he was the strange. Main writer. It's strange to see that in a home, I, but yeah, it's not so much creepy. It, it, it's just odd to see these types of things laid out on the house. It's basically Wayne Manor from the 1989 Batman. But like, I will say, like they had a um, like a bearskin rug that when you step on it roars. So that's a reason to be frightened. That's not how that's supposed to go. You know what was really strange? They have on the wall, it's a swordfish, but it's like, it's got like, I think it was like a person's arm in it or something. There's so legs like, sticking out. Yeah, yeah there's a like, leg hanging out of it. Like, why wasn't it a shark? Swordfish aren't known to like eat people alive. <laughs> no, swordfish are known to be delicious though. I think the last piece of fish I ever had before I was allergic to it was a swordfish steak. Oh, I literally had swordfish two nights ago. <laughs> You two shouldn't kiss then if you're allergic. No, it's been yeah. two days. We can kiss again, Joe. To quote the Adams family, I die. 
So yeah, so there's a lot going on in this house. It's like probably too much to really like nitpick and like go over every little thing we see. But I thought one of the weirder things was there's like just this portrait of a giraffe in a suit. And then she's like, that used to be a friend of my dad's. Like, what? There's a lot of questions there. Yeah, I always I always questioned what the Adams family did. Yeah. I think they're old money. Okay. Like they don't seem to have any jobs, right? Like like our parents are always home. No, they must have like they're like gypsies, aren't they? Like no, they have a house. <laughs> they, they they don't like travel around and yeah, stuff. No, like, they're not thin air. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, right around this point of the episode, I had noticed that there's like music playing in the background, like at all times. And I know that happens a little bit more in older shows than it would now, but there's like legitimate music playing, like the score of the of the episode is happening when typically you wouldn't get a lot of that in other shows. Yeah, is there maybe like harpsichord music or something? I forget now, but there's stuff going on for sure. So then uh, this is the point where we finally meet their son, Pugsley, because he just fixed uh, her doll, um, Wednesday's doll. And the man, uh, the truant officer, notes that it doesn't have a head. And it's because it's Lady Antoinette. And yeah. uh, their grandmother was just teaching them about it and like the French Revolution. So I guess, you know, they don't attend school, but they're learning a bit. I mean, yeah, they're taking up the morbid details, but. For those ages, to, to be learning about the French Revolution is pretty advanced. Yeah, that's true. We weren't learning about that in school at that age. Yeah, I think um, Morticia tells them that. Oh, it's either Morticia or Gomez. I don't remember because we watched. I watched a week ago, but she says, Mama teaches the children. And then yes, so they're yeah. basically it's being homeschooled by, by the grandmother. Right. Which isn't illegal, so I don't know why a, a truant officer would be coming. Also, right. Pugsley's name was originally supposed to be Pubert. <laughs> <laughs> they changed the baby in Adam's family values. Yes, yeah, and they, the baby, yeah. they good changed callback, it for good callback. obvious reasons. Yeah, the baby has the mustache. And uh, yeah, as, uh, as Pugsley runs off, Neat. he says, "Meet you in the cemetery." So you're like, again, obviously, that's a little more creepy than what's going on, on the inside of those. The fact that they have a cemetery in the yard, and who's like buried? Is that just family members? Is that how they do that? Who gets buried in the backyard cemetery? I imagine family members. They, yeah, like I mean, pets. Unless the house was just built on an existing they cemetery. They say in the song, the house is... No, what was A museum, <laughs> not a cemetery. <laughs> the house is a cemeterium. Yeah. No, there's some... All right, never mind. Well, I imagine they just get married in their graves and then, um, you know, makes the uh, funerals very romantic, but the weddings are a bleak affair. That was for Jay. So anyways, she takes the man to the conservatory to talk to her mother. And when they get there, we meet the mom and she's like, She's uh dealing with like uh it's like it's a lot it's more of like a greenhouse uh there's a lot of she's it's like t- an atrium tend- yeah she's tending yeah, to like a, word, yeah. yeah there you go she's tending to all her plants and one of them like kind of seemingly attacks him <laughs> by wrapping around him <laughs> yeah that's in that was very the African slowly. strangler and she's very proud of her plants uh they're poisonous so now the truant is trying to explain that the children need to go to school because it's the law. And she's like, that's her husband's responsibility to deal with, like, law stuff. And she pulls, a, like, a noose that rings a bell to call him. And they can't use it when they have cake in the oven. <laughs> I didn't really, huh? Like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> like, I get that it's a gong, but, like, it this, <laughs> it shakes the it whole house. Souffle- but it should have been a souffle. Because, you know, souffles all uh, claps. Yeah. And I think that's what they were going for, but said cake for some reason. It was just a weird, like... Of all things, like of all things that you can't let your whole house shake for, it's oh, only when we bake cakes. <laughs> it's like, well, then in Adam's Family Values too, there's the whole scene where they bake the cake with the stripper inside of it and kill her, and they just make that a joke poor about girl. it. Poor girl, did you? <laughs> <laughs> 
this <laughs> this episode of Adam's Family Values is brought to you by. Yeah, for those of you playing the uh, the drinking game along with the show, just take a shot every time Joe references Adam's Family Values. Jeff Poot, take a shot of Polar. Not even so much like the first movie. Joe, you the, know if you have a giant hole in your armpit? I've got two giant holes in my armpit. Why? This is a comfy house shirt. I was wearing a button-up today, but I walked to get coffee, and then I drank the coffee and walked back, and then I was so sweaty I had to take it off. For those of you listening... Uh, jo- Joe has two big armpit holes in his shirt, <laughs> and for some reason keeps putting his arms all the way up. Because I'm every time I look at him, his arms closed are and my all fan the off, man. Way up. Tank, bro, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> okay, gotta go shirtless there. We were talking about uh, Halloween costumes for next week, and I almost went as Dusty Rhodes and just came into my underwear. I do want to note that uh, Morticia. I-, I-, I wish I had wrote uh, the actress's name, Carolyn but- Sue Jones. There you go. Thank you. What a babe. Like, I, I probably did sure. not think of that in the past, but watching her in this episode, and again, I think it's just my twisted mind and, like, what I'm attracted to. I think it's because Angelica Houston is just so unattractive. In comparison, she's, like, a dime. Like No, I'm not comparing her to other morticians. I'm saying watching this and just watching the episode along and seeing this actress pop up on my screen, I was like, I like the way she looks. For uh, Jay, I'm a thousand percent with you. Ferg, does this mean that Houston goes on your list with Queen Latifah? And, There's no um, list. And um, what's her I love there? Queen Latifah. Oh, uh, Amy Winehouse. Amy who Winehouse, said who you hope is still resting unpeacefully from a couple weeks ago. Oh, Amy Winehouse, yeah. Get her. In any event. So yeah, so now a hand reaches out and grabs his shoulder, the truant officer that is, and it's uh, Lurch, their butler. And he's just like this gigantic man. He's, I don't know, like, Frankenstein's monster-esque, right? He's not, he's like kind of in that vein, but not quite. Yeah, I don't think he's a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, like, he looks he's like he's definitely it. supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's a takeoff of. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. It's like he has that vibe, but I don't think we're supposed to be under the impression that he's created, <laughs> like that, you know, that he's like undead or whatever. But who knows? I mean, everything here is so vague, but he's definitely a, a spooky looking man. <laughs> de- de- definitely uh, creepy out a little bit. It's the flat head. He has the flat head. Yeah, leg. it gives you that. And, and he's huge. The, the Frankenstein vibe, yeah. And he has this very deep, slow voice. And he's just like, follow me. And uh, he's going to take him to see Gomez. So the scene closes with her talking to her plants again and just thinking that she hasn't given them enough moonlight. And that's what's uh, hurting them at the moment. Lurch then opens uh, the door to an office. And that's where we meet um, Gomez Adams. And he's admiring this model train that he has, like, going around the track. And the first thing I notice is, like, how wide-eyed he is he's, as he's gazing at it. He's just super, super excited. Like, he's, he, he's like, has this childish, like, giddiness to him. I, I do really enjoy this. Now, does anybody, I mean, this is an actor who's been around forever. Does this guy pop for anybody else? Immediately, I think of him in European Vacation. Um, no, I, I, you know, I, at the time I like looked I him up. from anything, I don't think. And he's in, he's in a lot of stuff. He's has a very, very long career. And he, he's not dead yet, and he's still been working like up until not that long ago. Like he's yeah. got a long career. He's got stuff. a really long list, but I can't say there's something else that like I would think of him from bef- other than this episode. Or this, In the beginning uh, this of show, European Vacation, where they play the game show. Oh, that's right. That is vacation. that's right. He's the game show host. He's the game show host. Yeah. Did and he then have he's a also cameo he was... in the movie, the Adams Family movie. 
I don't recall. I don't. I think feel like so. that's something they do, but I can't remember. Like, he does. Seen... Rep- he plays Gomez though in the Adams Family cartoon in the nineties. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, they brought him back for voice work. And and the weirdest thing to his credit, which I really couldn't remember, and then I saw a picture and was like, oh, I guess I do. Is there was like one season of the Batman sixties TV show where Frank Gorshin didn't play the Riddler, and he plays the Riddler. Like in the middle of the run. Yeah, in like season two or something. Like he just comes in and does it. I don't know if like he was doing something else they couldn't commit or something, but interesting. So now the Troon officer introduces himself to gomez as he's playing with these trains and he like gomez blows up the bridge and lets them crash and uh when that's questioned he's like why else would a grown man play with trains <laughs> it's like I, I guess that explains it that's why he was so giddy was he was just waiting for the crash he was super excited about that i mean that's true though i don't know are any of you guys model train enthusiasts here no, i am thank not. god for model trains because without them we wouldn't have the big ones yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love that joke i feel like model trains were a thing that were like super popular in its day and even like when we were kids it was like something you always saw like in toy ads or that that was or department stores you've obviously never seen the swayze express (laughs) like patrick swayze yes but not the real patrick um no i think it's still probably pretty popular it's just it's such a niche thing that you think it's an adult collector thing though now like now it is more for adults it's like also where, one of those things where you would need a ton of room. You would need yeah, like an entire floor of your house to have a bunch of trains yeah. in, you know? I feel like when we were younger, there were plenty of like movies and television shows where it was like depicted as a normal thing that would be like in the toy room instead of like a model train. And if I met somebody now that had a model train room, I'd assume they're a serial killer and not talk to them <laughs> ever again. I was going to say though, but it wasn't like a child, it wasn't a child's uh, activity or hobby. Right. It was actually like an adult's hobby. That's so the weird thing about model trains is it's kind of geared towards children, but it's mostly an adult hobby. Yeah, because they're dangerous, right? Like they're either electric or gas powered. You don't want your kids playing with that stuff. Not unattended. I mean, that's it true. Just, it just takes a, a, an immense amount of detail to like, you know, really set those things up the way you want to and have all these little things that go with it. So yeah, like a kid doesn't care about that enough. You, you could have a block go around in, in a circle and like that would it would be the same level of enjoyment. You know what I do miss though? The little yeah. like car tracks were fun. Yes. Yeah. You don't see those anymore. Was. And all the like matchbox and hot wheel sets where you do like a loop or whatever. Yeah, I wanted to buy one of those recently, but again, you just need a ton of room and you, there's you like, I don't know where the hell space, I'm going to put yeah. that. So as they get to talking, he explains, and we mentioned this earlier, that the grandmother is like in charge of their education and that that she's in a room uh, right now with Uncle Fester. So when uh, Mr. Hilliard, and that's that's the name of uh, the truant officer, explains that they need to go to school, Gomez replies like nonsense, like why have children just to get rid of them? It's like an interesting concept. This was like, super weird. I didn't, I'd like... I think it's, I don't know why. It's just like, I feel like every, even in TV, even in real life, people are like, yeah, just let the kids go do whatever the hell they want. They like, they wanted the kids around. For I, I, thought I think it was that's strange. like endearing though. Like that's like for it a family. Is, that's... But that's strange is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It's almost like an odd political statement you don't expect for a 1964 show to make. To be but like, I why think would it, I send them off? Right. It goes back to like, it was um, Adam's family and uh, Munsters kind of did the same thing where they, they go out of their way to like things that people don't like. Right. And I didn't know if that was supposed to be part of that or not. No, I, I mean, it's just you, you get the whole vibe from this show. It's just the family is super, super close. And that is a theme to, you know, to jump in with you guys talking yeah. about like the future and the movies and everything else. 
that's like a, a constant theme is this family is extremely tight knit, but it's, it's interesting to think like for a family that like the whole premise of the show is like, look how creepy and spooky they are, but it's all, it's all centered around this hardcore family bonding, which is not like a weird concept. You know, it's, it's, it's strange that it's like all rooted within that. It's definitely an a, uh, original spin on that, right? The thing is, he wants them home so he can spend time with them, but he's not even with them right at that point. Yeah, I guess during so like, like those moments, but I don't think they, they never say officially how they go about it, so we don't know, but I don't think there's like, okay, from these hours, children, it's school time with grandma. I think it's more that, that she's just always teaching them things throughout the day, and that's right, where they're yeah. getting their information. Makes sense. So... Also, one of his arguments is uh, he shows Mr. Hilliard this box of spiders that Wednesday's breeding. And, like, these are thoroughbred spiders. Like, you know, like, could a six-year-old do this? Like, it was, like, a very interesting way to... to to be like, look, our kids are advanced. She's breeding spiders. It's also where he says, yeah, she's doing that at six now, but one day she'll be 26. And Gomez says, ooh, well, call me then. At which point I was like, <laughs> okay, this has gone in a strange, yep. strange direction. No, that's not how I read that scene you at all, actually. completely wrong, Joe, you weird pervert. Yeah, no, he his argument was like things about <laughs> school that he needed, like that the children need. And it's like, and he was like, what about reading? And that's, and that's when Gomez like, well, what's there for a six-year-old to read? And then... Mitchell Hill- Hilliard point. goes, but someday she'll be 26. He's like, see you then. Like, basically, like, we'll worry about it when she's 26. I read that very differently. You read it completely different. And yeah, I got a very <laughs> sexual vibe from that. I don't, I, I, I never I, got I'm, a- I'm with Joe on that one. I did kind of get a weird vibe out of that one. But now and that you you've know. explained it, it does make more sense. Yeah, I think he's just like, really is an important she's six years old. Sense. Yeah. And to be fair, I was watching this with my favorite companion for these shows, Bourbon. So yeah. <laughs> some of the things may have gotten lost in translation. That, that could be it then. And the glass was not petite. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I was just trying to even crack Berg. So now he's uh, <laughs> he takes Mister Hilliard to see his mother, who's um the one who tutors them, and she's playing darts with Uncle Fester, and they're just using daggers to play. So it's, I don't know if you could call it darts at that point. You could just say they're throwing knives because that's a that's a game in itself. But when it's Uncle Fester's turn, and they do call her Grandmama, right? <laughs> no, she's just Mama. I missed that, but I would love Larry Johnson showing. Up. I was gonna say, cause I was like Grandmama. <laughs> It's just mama. Just seven foot five grandma in the wig. <laughs> yeah. So he um so <laughs> so, <laughs> so when it's Uncle Fester's can we see turn, how much he cost on cameo. Can we see if we can get him as grandma? I'm sure it'd be a pretty penny, but if so, I'll 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 look into it. So as it's uh time for Uncle Fester to throw, um she stands right in front of him, explaining that it's only it's the only safe place because apparently he's very bad at it. And he throws and it goes like right into the door as it's being opened and it goes right in front of uh the truant officer's face. And uh when she tells him he can go again and Gomez Gomez adds, uh, this time get him in the old heart. <laughs> But I feel like he was referencing the <laughs> dummy that they were throwing because they had kind of like a like a dummy's body that they were throwing. Yeah, the I didn't know at. who he was talking about. At I don't that think point. he meant yeah. Mr. Hilliard. I think he meant the dummy, but Mr. Hilliard screams and runs off because he thinks he's talking about him. So he's worried that they're trying to uh, throw this dagger in his heart. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back to how spooked out he is about the whole house. Yeah. About the, like the people, sure, they're weird, uh, for sure. Gomez is weird and Marticia is weird and Lurch. I like that it ends too with like he runs off because he's scared and uh, Gomez is like weird, isn't he? (laughs) 
So now uh, we got Mr. Hilliard back at the principal's office explaining everything that just happened. And he's like still all worked up from it. And he's like, he's, he's just really excited that he got away. And he suggests that the kids just stay, uh, uh, should just stay where they are. And he walks out of the room, he reenters, and he's just like, that's a closet, I'm sorry. And I thought that was just so random. That, that got my first genuine laugh. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was really funny. To have. I knew there'd be a first <laughs> laugh too, yeah. He just opens it and goes, that's a closet. Yeah. <laughs> go, I'm sorry, that's a closet. And it's just, it was like such a weird, like, I don't know why that was there. I liked it. It was though. wicked out of place. Yeah, it was super out of place. Which made it funny. Yeah, it really did, because it catches you off guard. There's also a line at that part where he mentions um, the Lurch. He says uh, he would freak out Frankenstein. So this is another series going on at the same time where they reference Frankenstein for a character that's basically Frankenstein. Hey, take the mask off, fella. So I'm not quite sure but were there any of these like universal monster movies were they like was this around the time that they were coming out i thought it was a little bit before that they came out in like the they 30s. were already definitely out yeah. yeah yeah but in the 50s was the big heyday of like the horror movie and like the monster movies that were like the second generation of that and i think a lot of them were like instead of the wolfman it's like wolfie greg and the tarzan boy like there are all these weird offshoot ones that were like we can't get the rights for these we'll make ones that are similar and they'd usually pay play as um double features i guess i'm trying to just still get my head around how these two shows and by that i mean the adams family and the monsters both come out at the same exact time referencing the same kind of things and you you can't help but wonder like what was the first like what was the first chip to fall that made like both of these shows start you know happening at the same time i want to say a husband and wife went to a scary movie and they the both worked time. for different companies one, one was with cbs <laughs> exactly They're like that's it. I, I want a divorce. Well, back then, there's so few channels, right? So, like, kids are going to be watching TV at the same time as adults, right? So, if you have a show that you think kids love horror movies, kids love Halloween, and you put little kids on here to be characters, then you know you'll be able to get the parents to, like, sort of concede to the kids watching them. I think this is almost a ploy to be like, well, there's three channels and four hours of programming on per day when kids aren't in school. Let's see if we can get them to tune. Yeah. It's just weird to me because they're both, like, wholesome family shows like based around like spooky halloween type stuff and it's just well, weird. i was gonna say when when there's three channels and your competition has what i would assume with uh the monsters would be cutting edge technology for the time like for production wise for television you want to do something equal to that like yeah, but they didn't to. know that they came out at the exact same time so they wouldn't have had anything to compare yeah, but I think there was still variety and stuff. They would have been having reports and knowing about it. They would have all been getting drunk at what Frank and Musos and talking about what they were working on or whatever. The Brown Derby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's insider knowledge. <laughs> Just talking old timey. Ah, I got a Frank inside at my show. <laughs> so do I. Mine's got a flat head, fella. How about yours? <laughs> I gotta pee. <laughs> I tell you, he's a vampire. He's not just any vampire, he's also their grandfather. <laughs> Why is old timey talk so It's funny? so fun. <laughs> Damn it, Mimsy. Quiet, Jody. <laughs> and how about this? A hand is gonna grab the mail. You mean it's a hand that's not attached to anything? <laughs> Just a hand, I'd say. Just a hand. <laughs> so now we're back at the Adams house, and we see Mortician. She's, like, pruning roses, but she's pruning the flower off, so you just have the thorny stems. And she's very proud of the um <laughs> of the display she just made. As uh, her and Gomez are there talking, and uh, they hear thunder, 
And she's like, oh, this heavenly sound, like, makes life worth living. I don't know. I know it's supposed to be spooky. I kind of like Thunder, too, though. So I didn't, I didn't find that to be, like, super Thunder. spooky. Yeah, I found that more calming. Yeah. But it causes them to reflect on their honeymoon in Death Valley, which uh, was in a cave with bats. Do you think they know The Undertaker? They might. I assume he was, <laughs> was at the wedding. Say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's De- Death Valley is Nevada, though, right? I think it goes Nevada into California. Okay. And that's pretty pretty wide, I think, or pretty long. I don't know if, I forget if it's wide or long, but it's a big desert. So you think the Adams uh, family, like, after their wedding, they went to Vegas for a little bit, and then they headed over to Death Valley? I like to think, is this are the under, is the Undertaker one of their children? This is 64, <laughs> 74, 84, Undertaker, Mean Mark Callis, or Mark. Texas Red is, like, what, 87? Could be right around that time. I think I see. This would probably be way better of a spinoff than The Undertaker and The New Day on Netflix or the shit that is. Yeah, I still need to give that a watch. Girl, that was excellent. I, I will never watch, watch it a that. few more times to get all the endings Ugh. and story vibe, But I love good. The Undertaker, and I hate that that exists so much. You're no fun. But yeah, so as they continue to reflect on um, their honeymoon, Gomez just starts kissing her back in various spots. And then uh, we cut to Lurch, who's playing the organ with the rest of the family all sitting around the living room. And then when Morticia and Gomez enter, she shows him a sweater that she knit for their cousin. And it has three arms. And Gomez doesn't seem to take note of the third arm. He's just kind of concerned that their cousin doesn't wear turtlenecks. So I'm assuming this is like, other than the hand thing, maybe like the first real sign that there's some like real supernatural stuff going on. That's how um the 90s movie, the first one ends. She holds up the sweater and it's got the three hands, uh, arms, I mean. Is there a character that has three arms? I can't remember going on because there's it and there's thing. Like, oh, it there's is... the Siamese twins, but yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah, so I'm thinking that, well, with the movie, that's probably a callback to the first episode. So that's probably like a little wink to this specific episode then. Yeah. And then um, Morticia then walks up to Lurch and like just bops him in the head, which (laughs) like changes the song he's playing as if it's a radio, like an old radio. And then this new song is a little more upbeat. So she's just like dancing in the living room. Yeah, kind of starts rocking out at this point. Yeah, she's really into this song. Um, And then Gomez slaps his arm, which changes the song to like, more of like a waltz type music. By the way, that's a real dick move. She clearly really liked the song. Yeah, she wanted to hear that song. <laughs> he wanted to dance too. He didn't want to. He didn't want to dance in the manner which she was dancing. Apparently, he wanted. It's to... like if you were watching TV and I just came in and took the remote from you and changed the channel. Yeah, the <laughs> the second you put something on, so you can't even assume that like, oh, are you not watching this? Like, clearly, clearly, yeah. I just put this on. Dick. And then uh, an alarm sounds, which means the mail's there. And a box opens with the hand from earlier. I want that so badly. Like, I want to know when the mail comes so badly. Not be checking tracking numbers all day and hoping that I catch our mail comes at wildly different times. And it's always insane. I just wish it. I wish they'd ring the bell. Yeah, at least with packages now, like you, you pretty much get a instant notification from everybody at this point. You're not just getting the mail. It's the mail and usually comes around the same time. But, you know, Amazon alerts everything in your house now when when your uh, toothbrush shows up in a little envelope at your front door. Hey, Joe, your mail's here. <laughs> I just want that alarm. So, uh, yeah, so then that hand gives them the mail, and um, they say, thank you, thing. So that's what the sign was referencing. Now we know that thing is the hand. And uh, pa- part of the mail is a letter from the school demanding that they enlist the children immediately, which Gomez obviously objects to, and he doesn't want to be apart from them. But Morticia's a little bit more in favor. Uh, she's taken note that Wednesday tends to, like, look outside, and she sees the other children pass, and she's under the impression she wants to play with the other kids. 
And uh, he's like, well, she didn't get that from my side of the family. <laughs> That's a good line. He's like, I never went to school. Look how I turned out. Yeah. <laughs> I love Uncle Fester's voice. <laughs> well, yeah, because Uncle Fester defends Gomez by saying, like, like, I never went to school. Look how good I turned out. When Morticia explains accomplishments, he then brags about how he is 100 volts, and he pulls a light bulb out and puts it in his mouth, which lights up. He's like, I can even make it blink. <laughs> He just had we just see the uh the light bulb going off and on off and on. Now this is one of those things like the um all of the grandpa stuff from the monsters. We were like, I don't know how they did this, and all I can think of is that it was definitely dangerous. Like he probably had some sort yeah. of electrical thing in his mouth, and probably was it either getting mildly shocked or was it a very high risk of getting shocked to pull this off in 1964? It was probably like super hot. Did batteries exist then? I mean, in general, batteries existed. Yeah, yeah but I don't. Like I don't small know if... batteries that we know. These today like yeah i think like yeah. modern modern batteries but i don't know how you'd be able to get it to go like the blinking you know what i mean i don't think it'd be that hard for them this is set up a, a battery with a battery powered light that blinks but, bulb probably um, get hot though just being on on your mouth that's true <laughs> yeah like they haven't figured that out now yeah i know like yeah they have leds aside from leds i guess you know to go back to what you were saying for the first battery was probably like the 1800s. invented in 1800 even so while you have while you have Wikipedia open, can you find out when the AA battery was created? That was actually from physics.org, okay. actually. My bad, my bad. 1907 for the AA. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that is older than I would have thought. You know what? Then mankind is progressing too slow. We haven't come much further with energy. Well, we figured batteries still work pretty good, so we're like, nailed it. Actually, the, our biggest problem is that we've gotten away from batteries, and we keep trying to do other things and using fuel and all that other stuff. Speak for yourself. Look at all these batteries. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for those of you just listening, is shaking a box of batteries that he has near him at all times, apparently. There's like hundreds of them in that box. It's a good luck charm. Double A's, triple A's, I got all the A's. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And was that our was that our a good mix of humor and Wikipedia fact segment for the episode? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Morticia uh convinces Gomez to finally let them go to school. So the next scene we see the family in the principal's office and they're talking to her. But Mr. Hilliard walks in and sees them and immediately puts his hat on uh, over his face and turns away because he's like that frightened. Like, I don't know, like as spooky as everything happened in the house. I don't know why he's this afraid of them that like just being a knife whipped at him. Yeah. But even then, that's understandable. Is it? Well, I I don't know if I'd say that's understandable, but water under the bridge, shall I? But I wouldn't say that they're um, out to kill him. Like, they're just going to come to the school now, and they're all, you know. that That's what he thinks. He thinks they're trying to kill him because yeah. they threw a knife at him. And he said, now go for the heart. And then he ran out. Yeah, so maybe he's still doing But it's a simple that. misunderstanding. It is, but, you know, but, he, but he's still misunderstanding it. So. If he wasn't so freaked out by samurais and turtles, you know, he might have gotten to know them. No, he's they freaked were out pretty... by a knife whipped by his face. It's not the samurais and turtles. But that already put him in the mood. To already not want all to the to all the spooky like stepping on a rug that roars yeah there's a lot of that that was going on first that was definitely freaking him out so he only needed a little bit to set him off at that point and also, a knife he, walk, he walks he walks in on them like joking about killing people don't they? i yeah. forget what he says with the with the lady he's like oh you're my kind of people like <laughs> yeah so yeah, so they then talk about how odd he is when he when he leaves, and she thinks that he's been drinking and uh, spells out booze, which B O O Z E, which booze. Wednesday, which uh, immediately Wednesday recognized the word. Like so again, 
they are learning. They're, they're, you know, even they talked about reading earlier, but she's not illiterate. She was able to piece together booze as it was spelt out in front of her. No, they're smart kids. Yeah. I mean, she raises spiders. I mean, they're, I don't know about you. I can't spiders. raise spiders. I think they're learning fine. I think this is classic. Uh, and I don't know anybody who is this. I'm not trying to throw shade, but people always say the issue with homeschooling is that people, the one thing you lack is the social aspect of it yes it seems like that's the exact issue in this episode they're learning everything just fine but they're clearly missing like the social aspect of things yeah yeah that's fair and um now the principal is explaining how how hard the superintendent is and gomez uh recommends all these things that they can do to him and the principal's like on board with it and she even offers a few ideas of herself yeah she's yeah, for, like dip him in boiling uh, dip boiling oil yeah, so like most likely she doesn't realize that he's serious and is just playing along with the joke of all these terrible things they could do. Like she's he's laughing along at the idea. I don't think she's trying to hire him as a hitman, but uh Gomez is I would assume very serious when he's recommending all these things. Despite they don't seem like a violent family. Like they don't come off violent yet. Well, doesn't he have an oil guy, like a boiling oil guy? Doesn't isn't this way Morticia's like? Don't you have you know yes. a boiling oil guy? No, it's, goes, it's, oh, it's great the, job, it's the witch great doctor. Job. Yeah, yeah, he has. They have a witch doctor friend, and they like, oh, we haven't talked to him. For, they say something like, oh, we haven't spoken That's to him right. in ages. Yeah, <laughs> and Mister Hilliard hears all this, by the way, and he is, you know, he's frightened enough around them. Now he's like over the edge, like he's terrified. And now we go back to the house where they're waiting for the kids to come home from school, and. Gomez is like hoping they let Pugsley drive so they'll get there quicker. And he's like, what, eight? Take and lessons uh, from him. I have yeah. no idea what their ages are supposed to be. Like. I thought it was it's like eight tough and to six. gauge how old they're supposed to be. Yeah. She's on these older shows. It's, yeah. For some reason, it's tough even harder. Well, I know I looked up Wednesday because he said like, someday she'll be 26 or whatever. So I looked up what year that would be. And that would be 1986. I don't know why that's in my notes. So we were one when she was actually the age of 26. So. so Wednesday Adams is six in the original series. That's what I thought. I thought they were six and eight. And let me see. They don't actually say Pugsley's age, but I assume he's eight. And we're on what website to check this? Now we're on Wikipedia. <laughs> now now, we <laughs> now we're on Wikipedia. There is. Um, but Wednesday Adams is 12 to 13 in the films. Yeah. Um, and Pugsley is, of course, a little older. So as um as they get home finally the the car pulls up we see Wednesday is crying and just runs up the stairs straight up to her room and jumps in bed and I did want to note the crying that they dubbed in was terrible it was absolutely awful it was clearly dubbed yeah, over yeah that was terrible it was clearly dubbed over and it just it was just was very fake crying on top of it so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't even good but uh Gomez chases her to see what's wrong and she's like they killed him and he's like Mr Hilliard and she's up night that uh, the knight in shining armor killed the dragon in the story that they were told in school. So obviously to them, they, they view the dragon as the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they, they talk about Grimm's fairy tales. And they're like, well, it doesn't sound that bad. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, they killed the dragon. Oh, no. Well, I guess when you, I mean, I guess any story like that, right? We just assume that you always are introduced to any fable or whatever through the eyes of a certain character. But there is a flip side. So, yeah. If, if you were to yeah. think from the perspective of the dragon, like dragons just no. doing dragon shit. They make, <laughs> a, true. they make a similar joke at Adam's family values when um she's telling Hansel and Gretel uh to the kids and they all start crying and she's like, Do you that they pushed the poor witch into the oven? Can you imagine what that I think and like? I think they that kind of reference Yeah, they, they reference that in this episode they too. Do, yeah. 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 They, specifically Hansel and Gretel. So that was in the movie also? Yeah. 
So they they not only do they reference the the old show and do a lot of nods, but there's a lot of specific callbacks to just this one first episode, which yeah, is kind of weird. Pilot. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird. Like it was almost like the the writers or director who were or whoever decided to just like, oh, I need a little bit of content to like get the backstory, and they just watched the one episode of the like the very first episode and went, okay, we're good. Yeah, we have a vibe. They even yeah. do the light bulb yeah. with Uncle Fester. Yeah, in the movie too. Yeah, they, 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 but it's all from just this pilot. It's kind of <laughs> crazy as as we piece this together now. And that was kind of neat, not knowing, like seeing seeing that, and knowing the movie where, yeah. where it came from. So now, um, they're trying to figure out what to do to fix all this. Why, you know, obviously Gomez is so focused on his family. The thought that you know his daughter is crying now and is this upset, like he needs to try to fix this. So they want to have Mr. Hilliard over now to discuss. And it cuts to him talking to like the principal and was like just shaking his head and saying no and he's like, I haven't made my will yet. So he's just convinced that they're gonna kill him. Yeah, he gets uh he gets a real wimpy on this one. Yeah. And uh so now we cut back to the house and they sent Lurch to get him and then Lurch shows up just holding Mr. Hilliard the way like uh, a groom would be holding his bride walking into like the uh, to their honeymoon suite or whatever on wedding night. He like carries him across the threshold. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. And then Lurch sits him down and he's absolutely terrified to be there. He's so uncomfortable. And then it's just wait till you see what they cooked <laughs> cooked up for you. And uh what was it? The end? Wasn't it cookies? It was like soup. It was cookies, was lizards. Yeah. But 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 it, I think it was called the end. They specified and said it was the Oh end. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, the, the potion that or the soup that they made. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then they made him the cookies, which were like, and and Gomez is like, oh, you know, the uh, the lizards are really good. Yeah, it was like uh, the bats are Gomez's favorite, but the lizards are good too. Yeah, and that was it. And then Fester was like, you can feel them wiggling all the way down. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Yeah, he does have a great voice. And then uh, Mr. Hilly tries to get up and, you know, then the thing pops up and from behind and uh, grabs him and sits him back down. And Morticia acknowledges how nervous he is and they try to figure out uh, something to relax him. And that would be the rack. And the the bell rings again. And they, every time they do that, by the way, like uh, that big gong type thing, the whole they, they shake the camera and they try to make yeah. like <laughs> make it look like there's like a little earthquake every time this thing goes off. The classic inexpensive effect, right? Just shake the whole house. Yeah. Uh, the whole camera, you know, easy. I like easy. when they were talking about the rack, though. He just said, we just got all the squeaks put back in it. <laughs> and uh, that bell brings uh, Lurch, which is the you rang, which I feel like is probably the more iconic. Like, that's what you think of with Lurch in general. Totally, yeah. yeah. That yeah. And uh, Mr. Hilliard, again, he's trying to run away, but Gomez grabs him this time and brings him back to the chair. And he sits there and they uh, explain to him that uh, they're just not in favor of these violent stories being told in school. The killing of a poor dragon. And Mr. Hilliard says there are no real dragons. And he's like, what gave you that impression? And then this also goes to um what you were mentioning earlier from the movie, the Hansel and Gretel line. So uh, tossing that poor woman in the oven. Yeah, somebody calls him little juvenile delinquents as well. Does he? I don't. I'm trying to remember if I remember that. Is, uh, is he talking about Wednesday and Pugsley? He's talking about Hansel and no, Gretel. Oh, and Hansel and Gretel. Because they're oh, mad. He, oh, he's, he's oh, mad that they put the witch yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, so he refers to them as little juvenile delinquents for killing it, the witch. It. And then, um, yeah, so Mr. Hilliard, is, he's like nearly in tears at this point. He's so terrified, which like, I get he doesn't want to be there. I get he's uncomfortable by the family. But I didn't know what happened at this point that made him like this uneasy that he's like at, at the break of like crying. I think it's be because, um, well, as you know, he thinks they're trying to kill him. Now they're trying to make him eat food, which he thinks is poison. Yeah. And, and they just said they were going to put him in a medieval torture device. 
The no, yeah. is that. <laughs> the Iron Maiden. Excellent. Iron Maiden. Excellent. <laughs> So he pre- he pretends to be like on board with them just because he's just trying to find an exit. So he's like, if I just agree with these people, maybe they'll let me go home. And as he walks away, the thing hands him his hat and he doesn't really take note that it's just a hand until like he goes outside. He grabs the hat, leaves, and then he like reflects like, wait, what did I just see? And that's how that end, like that scene kind of ends with just that little way. I don't think he was pretending to agree with them. I think he did. He's like an old school, like, oh, it's too violent. Uh, really no i didn't i didn't get that vibe i was under the impression he just wants out of that house and no matter what they said he'd be like sure whatever you want let me leave and i'll go pitch it because he says the line oh i guess i had you people all wrong i'm gonna get on the line with 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 uh the school board right away and stuff it's like why would he say that why don't you just say okay and leave i took it the same way as jay did that he was just agreeing or they drove him yeah mad that they, you know, they drove him insane. I think he was so just he's like, yeah, that. you know, dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, I think they just wonder. broke him. I think they just broke his brain at that point. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we all see things differently. I see it as the Adams Family invented cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the book's banned. So now um, the next scene is the whole family in the living room together. And Grandmama... Uh, is upset with uh, Fester for not cheating at cards. The phone rings and Thing picks it up and hands it to Morticia. And it's uh, Mr. Hilliard. And he got the board to get rid of all those stories. It was like, what is it? it was like, we may have just saved the world. And it was like, do you think we did the right thing? So maybe the to them, the world isn't worth saving. Uh, they're, they're looking for a, a nice end to all this. They, they, they're very alone in their values and views, right? And kind of isolated too, right? Like they don't like to leave the house. The outside world doesn't really affect yeah. them too much. They think the world is weird. You know, as anything you think about the Adams family that you would consider weird to, to them isn't. So they view the way conventional things are as weird. So they feel outnumbered. They, they're like, you know, enough with this world. The same thing like with the monsters last week, right? Yeah. Like they, the monsters thought the world was spooky and gross. Same thing with the Adams family. Right. And that was a, the final line of the movie, uh, the show. I'm sorry. It was kind of like a weird, it was a little joke. It was fine. Um, it was kind of a, I thought it was a little bit of a weak ending. The way the, it's just a little anticlimactic, right? After everything that was going on, it was just a phone call. Hey, they're giving you what you want. It was like, okay, bye. And, and that was, that was it. So now we get to the credits and, uh, it's just, uh, it's basically the intro again. And it's just the family just standing there as the credits roll. Oh. And the, but I don't think there was any, uh, I think for that, I don't know if they were snapping. And I was just like, if they're not moving at all, why not just use a, a still image? Why are we, why are we just having them stand there for a minute? Just don't move at all, everyone. We're just going to record you for a minute. Like they could have just used a picture. Yeah. Taking a photo would have been a lot easier for that. You could have just had the credits roll over it instead of having to have like a weird, and that's they before Steadicam. So it's, yeah. like, it's a straight hard shot. You know, it's like a little shaky. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies when they, they wave all waving at the end. Right, that makes sense, though. At least they're waving. Y'all come back now, you hear? Yeah, they're, like, and now when they're signifying, that's the end of the show. Like, goodbye, everybody. So, uh, yeah, so that was a whole episode. So, I wanted to note, like, we've brought it up before. We, we've, we've compared Munsters to Adam's family. It's come up a few times. But what would you say, like, other than the fact that uh, the Munsters are clearly specific monsters and, like, vampires and everything, and, and with the Adams Family, it's just a little bit more gothic. There is, like, the supernatural elements, like, we have, like, just a floating hand, but in general, what would you say the, the big differences in these shows are? It would take away, like, the specific visuals of the of the family. Well, the, the Adams Family was already a, a comic strip, so it's like, I'm not sure if maybe because the Munsters was its own property, like, just created, but this already had a 
established audience from just like the newspaper comics but I, I don't know i wasn't quite sure what they're supposed to be because you see the we've seen them for the first time as kids <laughs> So it's just like, that was your first experience with the Adams family. So none of it is like, I, I didn't have anything to compare it to other than the, 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 the Mudsters. <laughs> I will say I did notice that it was almost like blue collar versus white collar. The monsters were blue collar and the Adams family are white collar. It just seems like they're so similar, but it's just like one has money. The other one didn't really, you know? Yeah, I, I would say like one thing I noted was the monsters seem to be a little bit more grounded in reality. Like even though it's a Frankenstein's monster and, and a vampire and a wolf boy, other than those like weird things that that might cater their interests, like they pretty much act normal. Like everything's like pretty standard. Like they operate pretty pretty standard family. Yeah. Where with the Adams family, you see a lot of more. Straight like the throwing the knives and and uh, and like all the like like the cookies with bats in it like they they didn't really do that with the monsters the monsters were at home like drinking tea at the end of the night like they are monsters but they are acting like regular humans yeah they don't go out of your way to make the monsters seem like they're like wacky and crazy they just look a little different whereas the yeah. Adams family is they look to closer be... to normal but act more right. eccentrically yeah, it's like yeah, the they, that's kind of the big flip is it I I know the monsters has like the new movie coming out but it's weird how like the shows are so similar but the Adam family has such a longevity where they've had like successful movie after movie after movie different series everything but the monsters they've tried to reboot and it fails every time the monsters yeah well i don't think rob zombie's gonna make that any better but i mean they no, always he's gonna, make, he's gonna ruin it but... these shows are always around they've been always around our whole lives and it's pretty interesting i just saw a commercial the other day for the main state lottery for adam's family scratch tickets like a specific yeah, commercial with like it's because the movie just the new movie just came out yeah so like they're always gonna be around well whoever's in charge of the adams family franchise is like on their game because they kept that brand relevant yeah they took like making money in perpetuity like very seriously off it's that like they just wait yeah. like they wait like every 10 years and like put something new out like a new spin on it and it's yep. like it'll always kind of be there it's almost like the James Bond movies. It's from the same time when it started, and they just sort of evolve with the times, and then new generations pick up on it as right. the new ones come out. I will say, though, one thing is I kind of hate the world we live in now where things are, like, rushed to be made cartoons or CGI stuff now because the fact that they haven't made an Adams Family movie with Ty Burrell as uh, Gomez, I just think is, like, he the would most be good. Wow. opportunity. Yeah. Who is that? He's the dad from um, Modern, uh, Family. Modern Family. He was also in the walk... Uh, uh, the, what's the fucking zombie movie with Ving Rhames? He was in that too. Uh, day, oh, uh, Dawn of the now Dawn I know who you're day. talking about. When you said the oh. dad from Modern Family, I'm like Ed O'Neill. No, not Ed O'Neill. <laughs> the other, yeah, the no, other the guy. other dad. Yeah. I think yeah. he'd be a terrible Gomez. I think he'd be really? yeah, yeah, actually a good Gomez. call. I just it's because I I'll, I'll only see Phil and be, you can't have someone who played an iconic role play another iconic role without seeing that. Uh, if the actor's good enough, it, you can get a. I'm trying to think now. For can you think of someone you'd have play Gomez? I'm trying to think of who I would Kevin select. Nash. <laughs> when in doubt, who else can play God, Gomez? Ah, uh, wow. I just can't stop thinking about Raul Julia. So yeah, I know um, he's he did such a great job as kids. I think I'm getting so locked into the visual. Like I'm trying to think of someone who would look the part, and not yeah, someone, someone who will play the part. Yeah. Uh, well, if anybody has a good uh, any uh, good ideas of their own, they should uh, message us right in. Let us know. 
Yeah, put it on our social media. It's S1E1Pod on almost anything you can think of, but you can always go to S1E1Pod.com, and that's the links to everything. But yeah, so no, so let's just get uh, straight into the Green Letter cancels, because um, I don't think there's anything left to talk about the show unless someone has something in mind. No. So let's, let's get into it. it. Uh, I'm going to go in the order that I see you guys in right now. So Nick, you're first. Um, I have a very short attention span, so I kind of sometimes I gauge by how quickly I will lose attention to something. I could not get through this show without having to like go back and watch what I missed. I was incredibly distracted and bored. I was, it, I just didn't have a lot of fun watching this show. I, I thought it was acted well. I don't think that was part of the problem. I thought even the writing was decent. There was just something about the show at its core that I just did not find interesting. And I, I'm, I, I wonder if watching the monsters before this affected my view on this show at all, because I did enjoy the monsters and this just wasn't as good to me. And I didn't really want to see another episode. So I'm going to cancel it. And, uh, that's that. All right. On to you, Joe. Yeah. I feel like I'm with Nick a little bit on the monsters thing. You know, I think with the monster, with the monsters, what I said was that it's fine. It's on in the background. You respect it and you don't hate it, and you get a couple laughs, but it's not something where, like, you could sit and binge it for an entire Sunday. It's something you put on while you're getting coffee or doing whatever. So I can't cancel it on that, and I really can't cancel it because it's the reason we have Adam's Family Values, which is just something that I love so much. So I'll greenlight it for that. Ferg, on you. It's tough with, like, these older shows. You, you try to, like, put yourself back then because it's a different kind of humor we have now. But with The Monsters, I loved it. And I don't know if it's just member berries from when I was a kid, but I was still very into it. I hated this, and I had no connection to it. I, like I said, I loved the 90s movies and so on. Really good, but this is a, a big, like, big... Uh, cancel for me i was miserable watching it the whole time and i like i, said, I only laughed i had one laugh and it was that closet scene huh, this is the closet it's like, <laughs> oh yeah cancel gordo yeah i'm with uh nick and ferg here i just didn't enjoy this particular episode and this introduction to the family. I love the movies, but there was just something about this show that just didn't land with me, and I I can't quite put my finger on what it was. I don't know if it was a disconnect in the humor of that time to hear, or it was the writing of that, but just something I didn't I didn't connect with. Um, so it's a it's a cancel. I don't I want to see a movie. I don't want to see another episode. All right, well, for me, I'm actually, I'm siding with Joe and I'm going to green light it. But I will say, you know, even especially as we review it and I'm looking back and I'm thinking of things, there's a lot of things I would wish were better about this episode. And I don't know if it's just my inability to disconnect my love of the Adams Family franchise, because I know it's the complete opposite of how we we run the show, because I wouldn't say I hated the episode. But I went in and I enjoyed it. There were a lot of things that I thought could have been done better, but um, I liked it enough and uh, enough to want to keep watching. I think my humor kind of goes in that direction. A lot of the gothy type stuff that goes with it and Halloween-ish undertones. That's just kind of my general interest, I think. So that definitely gave it a little bit of a boost with me. I can totally understand why three of you canceled it, though. But I wouldn't say it was an easy pass. I I do think, again, compared to the monsters, I think the monsters, at least first episode to first episode, the monsters, I think, blew it out of the water. But I did like the Adams Family enough to want to give it the green light. So with that being said, only two out of five are green lighting the Adams Family. So unfortunately, 
we're canceling this one, which I did not really expect going into it. Uh, well, at least when we selected the show. So unfortunately, Adam's family, I'm sorry you do not make it to episode two. Uh, you have been canceled by us. So let us know what you all think. If you guys want to go back and watch the first episode of The Adams Family, which was called The Adams Family Goes to School, check that out. I believe it was on, was was that on anything actually? Now that I'm trying to direct people, was, was there anywhere you could uh, watch I the show? I watched it. I, I think it might have been a Peacock. I want to say Hulu. Was it Hulu? Was it Hulu or, or Peacock? I think it was on a streaming service. So go figure it out if you really want to watch yeah. it. Well, yeah. go search for it. I was, I'm trying I to help you guys out. I think it was on something but... called Google it. Yeah, go Google it. They'll probably lie to you, though, because we've dealt with that in the past, yes. too. But, uh, yeah, in any event, guys, uh, if you want to check us out, go to S1E1Pod.com. That's the link to everywhere we can go and listen to us, um, every, all our social media, uh, S1E1Pod, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Don't forget to rate, review, spread the word, let everyone know where to find us. We love the interaction, so reach out to us. Gordo, you got something to say? Yeah, uh, the Adams Family TV show is currently on Hulu and Paramount+. Plus. Oh, thank you for that. Good so to go know. to Hulu if you want to watch the Adams Family. And that's it from us this week. Check us out next week for our final of the four Halloween-themed episodes we're doing for the month of October. Well, we'll catch Charles you then. Charles in charge. Charles in charge. <laughs> See you next week. Goodbye. I die.